Steph Curry, a one-man wrecking crew in Game 7. Curry saves the Warriors' season with 50, and now LeBron's next. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Warriors, I should say Curry and Looney. I said it was a one-man show. It wasn't a one-man show. It was a two-man show. It was Steph Curry with 30 of his 50 in the second half. Career high in shots in a game he knew with 38, by the way. He knew that he had to do it because nobody else was doing it. I'll put the box score up in just a second. And Kevon Looney with 21 rebounds, 120-100. The Warriors survived for a team who couldn't win on the road, 11-30 in the regular season. They scored their last two at Golden 1 in Sacramento, and they move on to take on LeBron and the Lakers. Quick turnaround on Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're watching on the YouTube channel, please subscribe, tell your friends. All you have to do is search John Lund Unleashed, and you get all the videos. We're over 100 videos now. Uh, if you're new to the program, thank you very much. Love comments, love feedback. Hit me up under each video, and I will make sure to personally uh, respond to each comment. And I say this every time we do the show. I don't care if it's positive, negative, questions, comments. I love differing opinions. So whatever you want to talk about, we can do that as well. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And, of course, I'm on Monday through Friday on KNBR 680 in the San Francisco Bay with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., KNBR.com, KNBR 680, KNBR Stream, new KNBR app, however you want to get a hold of us, you can do that as well. So let's get into the game itself, and I'll, like I said, I'll flash up the box score in just a second, but a couple of quick things. If you're new to the program and you're watching on the YouTube channel, you'll see down the left side the Warriors 120-100 over sack. So some quick notes we'll start with. Numbers in the middle, we'll go, we'll bust down some numbers as well, and then we'll look quickly ahead to the Lakers as well, and I'll have all the shows for you, plus I'm going to do an NFL draft recap. I was at 49ers headquarters, and it's really cool. Every year, they put us right next to the draft room, and John and Kyle come in, and it's great to talk to them. We get a chance to catch up before the draft, then we get a chance to catch up after the draft, which you do after the third round, so I'll put one of those up there on Monday with a full recap of the players. I'm a draft junkie. I'm into all of it, and so I'll do that on Monday, and I'll keep you up to date on all the Warriors happenings as well. So, again, we talk all the Bay Area teams, so no matter what, whether it's the Warriors or the uh, Giants who were just done in Mexico City or what's going on with the 49ers or whatever, we talk about it here, plus all the national stories, big national stories. We get into it just like we do on my KNBR show. All right, let's start at the top, 120 to 100. Two players showed up, as you see at the top graphic there, and that's not, a, uh, that's not a, uh, an exaggeration. Uh, it was Steph Curry, 30 of his 50, and then it was in the second half, and it was Kevon Looney who in the third quarter, offensive rebound after offensive rebound after offensive rebound, he kept him in this game. They had to rest Curry at times, but you could hear Steve Kerr, if you're watching on the ABC broadcast, that uh, he was just trying to steal him minutes in here and there because he realized, as did Steph very early, that just nobody was hitting. So we'll get into that on the offensive end and the defensive end, but uh, it was a two-man show, and I don't think that's, that's – uh, uh, something that you obviously saw as well. But let's pop the box score up there. I want to pop that up for you and let you see what I'm talking about here. 120 to 100. That's the second half. Let me go back to that in a second. That's the second half one. Here's your final. There you go. And I mark this thing all up so you can have a little bit of fun with it. I'm not the most artistic. Let's start at the top there. Look at the guys beyond Curry. So Curry's 20 of 38, 7 of 18 in a fitty spot. But you look at it, Wiggins, 5 of 16. Draymond Green, 3 of 7. Loons, 4 of 5. Close bats, good stuff. The real thing was uh, Clay Thompson, who you'd think would step up 419 to a 10. 
and then the bench was atrocious. They got outscored 41-18. That's something that's going to have to change in the Lakers series because they got some guys coming off the bench who can score. Jordan Poole is clueless, 3 of 9, 2 of 6 for 8 points. Don't know what to tell you about Jordan. Uh, they can start him. They can sit him. He, he's not trustworthy because on the defensive end, he just isn't strong enough, and he gets he needs to get with Steph's turn here and get bigger and get stronger because he just gets pushed around. And then offensively, uh, he goes – this is like rookie season, sec, you know, second year, whatever, Jordan Poole. Just careless with the basketball, careless with his passes, acts like it's a regular season or preseason game. He just doesn't have the intensity, and so you can't play him because if he's not giving you anything offensively, he gives you nothing defensively. I trust Moses Moody more. Uh, Gary Payton the second had some defensive plays, but he wasn't hitting anything. Obviously, they don't trust DiVincenzo as much. Kaminga is pretty much nailed to the bench. No Anthony Lamb, no Jamichael Green. So they get outscored 41-18, to 18, and literally, offensively at least, other than Kavon Looney grabbing rebounds, as you can see right there, 10 offensive rebounds out of his 21 for Kavon Looney. And as a team, they had 13 offensive rebounds in the third quarter by themselves. But Steph Curry, one-man wrecking crew, again, 20 of 38, as you can see, for the 50. And he just got no help. Uh, defensively, and this is, you know, you look over to the Kings, Harrison Barnes, this is why they traded him. He's just a zero in, in game sevens in tough situations. One of four, four points. Uh, and then defensively, they did a much better job. Now, I don't know if, you know, it, we're going to find out how badly De'Aaron Fox's um, finger was hurting, but 5 of 19, 3 of 10, 16 points. Didn't really get in the lane a whole lot. Give some of that credit to the Warriors. Give some of the credit to, I think, the guys just gassed and banged up. Uh, Malik Monk, who at times during this series absolutely dominated going to the rim, 4 of 14. 14 points, Taron Davis. Terrence Davis was a surprise for the Kings. Uh, he was hitting his threes, and he is not basketball. He had 14 as well. So 41-18 off the bench, not great. But then look at the graphic there. First half, all right, Sacramento played well. But the third quarter, 35-23. Second quarter, 29-19. That's 64-42 and a plus 22. As you can see, my chicken scratch at the bottom, plus 22 in the second half there. A couple of key numbers that I highlighted Second chance points, 24-16. That'll happen when you have 18 offensive rebounds. So, again, what I do in a box score is you start adding things up. Eight more points off second chance and then fast break. And this is just something, you know, when people say, well, what's the difference between the regular season and the playoffs? Kings had two fast break points, the Warriors none. They just – you don't get easy opportunities. You just don't in the playoffs. The Kings were one of the best teams in the league in fast break points during the season, and they want to – make sure that they play at a certain tempo. It's just you gotta be a you gotta be a half court basketball team. Also a lot of this series the Warriors had been outshot in field goal attempts. They had one hundred to only ninety six for the Kings. And again the Kings struggled with the three point ball and they're one of the better teams shooting the three during the season, twelve of forty seven for just twenty five percent. And then both teams struggled at the free throw line. Warriors are nineteen of thirty. That's sixty three percent. They were terrible in the third quarter. They went four of twelve in the third quarter and uh, the uh, Kings missed eleven free throw so again kind of maybe some nerves from a game seven although Steph missed two Clay missed two Wiggins couldn't hit any it was comical it was so bad for the Warriors and it was allowing the Kings so there's your box score and I'll give you a half second half box score which I teased for you a minute ago but there's some markings of that whole thing struggling with Darren Fox and Malik Monk Steph Curry a one-man show actually two-man show with Loon with the 10 offensive rebounds and again second chance points huge for the Warriors 64-42 though is the big number that's how much they outscored them Plus 22 in the second half of the Warriors. 3-2-1. That's going away. All right, so again, two players showed up. Curry's best, as I put at the top there, under the 12100 on the left, Curry's best. Given the circumstances, a game seven, 
And I don't know if you realize this, but this is why I think this is Curry's best game of his career. It's a game seven. He scores 50, which, by the way, is an all-time record. Kevin Durant had 48 in a game seven, so Steph has bested that. But there's a few reasons why it's Steph Curry's best game of his career. Number one, he was getting no help. And I'm just talking on the offensive end. Looney's rebounding, things like that. But nobody could hit any shots. And I just flashed it up on the board for you. Clay couldn't hit anything. Poole's a complete joke for most of this series. He couldn't hit any shots. Uh, Wiggins usually bails you out in these kind of situations and did have a couple of plays in the first half where he played well. Second half, couldn't hit anything. He was 5 of 16. So it was just it, it, the Kings knew it too. Kings are like, okay, Curry's going to get it every time. And the thing that Steph does so well and the reason why he scores the way he does in these games, obviously he's going to make the circus shots and he's going to hit the threes and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going to try to constantly sit on the three-point line like the Kings were doing to try to take it away from him, he'll do one of two things. He'll just keep backing up. But at some point, too, he'll just drive to the rim and get in the paint and score. And it's just an array of circus shots, uh, push shots, one-footers, you know, uh, amazing layups, getting fouled, not having the fouls called, all those kind of things. And he just keeps getting up and getting up and getting up and getting up. And it's got to be so frustrating to play against because he's like the Energizers are bunny. You're tired, and he's one of the best-conditioned athletes out there, and he's going – you know, like your dog when he fetches. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Let's keep playing. I mean, that's Steph. He's just like, boom, 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 boom. He's always coming at you, and he's got a smile on his face, and you're just thinking, how is this guy absolutely crushing us? So to me, how he did it, the array of shots that he did it, the fact that nobody else was scoring, the fact that he, they really couldn't pull him out of the game, no one could hit anything. No one could hit anything. And then the free throws in the third quarter was like, the Warriors should have been up I don't know, 15, 12, 15 points going into the fourth quarter. Clay Thompson saved, and one thing Clay did do well at the end of the third quarter, he got the four-point play, which took a six-point lead, and Sacramento had some hope, to a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter and gave them the cushion that they needed. So that was an absolutely massive shot at the end of the third quarter because now the Kings are looking up. We were just in the game. Man, it's a 10-point game. And so they could get a little bit of breathing room there. They did. And Steph Curry brought him home. And we can't say enough good things about Kevon Looney uh, as I let's see, do I, where did I put that number? Oh, on the right side. He, look, he played much better, as you can see there. The loon better than Sabonis, greater than Sabonis, I should say. Uh, Sabonis just didn't have a clue, and the way that they were playing with the drop coverage and and Sabonis just got nervous taking shots. It was like I'm too wide open here, and it got in his head. And although his numbers aren't horrible, remember during the series he got the rebounding crown. They give you some trophy. <laughs> Looney absolutely crushed him, and they're going to need more of Looney against Anthony Davis when we get into the conversation about the Lakers. But two guys showed up, Kevon Looney and Steph Curry, and it was enough. Barely, I mean, not barely enough, but in the first half, you're going, is anybody else going to contribute? And I thought to myself, if Clay doesn't get going in the second half or Wiggins or somebody, he's got to have somebody, and nobody ever did. It's Steph's greatest performance of his career. A game seven, the way he did that. Plus, let me tell you the last reason why it's the greatest game of his career. Because if they don't win this game and they get knocked out in the first round, and this still may be the case if they get knocked out in the second round, but I know this from having covered the league a long time and covering a lot of teams. Owners will continue to spend money and continue to overspend and continue to pay taxes and all these kind of things if they feel like they have a championship contender on the floor, on the field, on the ice. But the minute they don't, they're not going to just spend money to spend money. They have, they might have billions of dollars, and Chase Center makes money and all these different kind of things, but they're businessmen for a reason. They're not stupid. And Joe Lacob wants to win, and Joe Lacob has won. But he's not going to just throw money down a toilet. He's not going to do that. So if they lose this game, and Steph Curry doesn't save them, and Kevon Looney doesn't save them, and Draymond Green opts out, I don't know that he signs them. 
Clay Thompson was terrible. He's asking. He was asking. There's rumors earlier in the series that you know he wants a max. Well, first of all, he's not a max guy anymore. But you're not asking for a max off of that. So is Clay still around? Is Draymond still around? I mean, this thing around Steph Curry might get broken up. Steph's not going anywhere. And Jordan Poole's not ready to step up. You know that young guy thing that we're talking about? Can they can they win and stay young? Well, they traded Wiseman. Kaminga can't get on the court. And Jordan Poole looks doesn't look like he's leading anything. So this is this is it now. There is no future. I mean, there will be at some point, but there is no like, hey, here's our young guys too. Wiseman's gone. Kaminga's chained to the bench. Uh, Jordan Poole in the, it doesn't realize it's the playoffs. Has no concept of of the step, you know, of the of the hey, it's it stepped up now. You ready? He's not casual passes, hairless with the basketball. Do you realize Steph had one turnover? His usage rate was through the roof in Game Seven, and he scored fifty on twenty of thirty eight and thirty in the second half. He had one turnover, and he was laughing and smiling, and everybody else's butts are puckering up. And Steph Curry's like, "Woo! This is a walk in the park. This is awesome." They they tried pool on a couple of different occasions, and if he's giving you nothing on offense, he's horrible on defense, so he's unplayable. So that's why they continue. They're like, can Peyton give us a he, – he was shuffling through. Steve Kerr was shuffling through. Like, who can give us something? Anyone besides Steph? Anyone. Give Clay credit for the a shot at the end of the third quarter. That one goes in and gets the four-point play, and that gave him a 10-point lead and a cushion going into the fourth, and Sacramento never got close. So that was huge. But as far as consistency, no. Uh, second half, Curry, as I said, uh, 12 of 23, 30 points. The rest of the team, that's what that means. Sorry, I had to jam it together to get it on the screen. So the second half, let's go to the numbers under the uh, second column if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, second half, Steph Curry, 12 of 23 for 30 points. The rest of the entire team was 11 of 32 for 34 points. Steph Curry by himself had 12 field goals. The rest of the team had 11. Steph shot at 23, they shot at 32. So 11 of 32 for the rest of the team in the second half for 34 points. Steph 12 of 23 for 30 points in the second half. Looney had 18 uh, rebounds, or excuse me, 22 rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds. I don't know where I had the 18, but it's 20, 21. Sorry, 21 rebounds, 10 offensive. The Warriors, uh, the, the one thing we would be talking about had the Warriors not won this game, they went 4 of 12 from the free throw line in the third quarter. Clay missed two, Curry missed two, uh, Wiggins couldn't find it. Green, he's that's typical. He doesn't hit a lot of free throws, but four of twelve in the third quarter. They should have been up a ton. That's why Clay's basket was massive because the Kings had gotten within six before the last possession for the Warriors. Clay hits the three, gets fouled, gets a four point play, and you're thinking to yourself, is he's they're coming down the court for the last possession in the third quarter? This guy should be up like twelve fifteen and they're only up six. Uh oh. Bad for the fourth quarter, and then Clay gets the four point play. Uh, third quarter, 13 offensive rebounds for 11 second-chance points. That's what that means. So it says 13, 11, and second in the third. That's 13 offensive rebounds for 11 second-chance points in the third quarter. That's what saved their ass because Steph Curry was – it was a ton, but, but Looney was under there. They were getting second possessions, and they got 11 second-chance points in the third quarter alone, which helped them build that 10-point lead. So there you go. Let me flash up the second half uh, game seven box just to show you how crazy Curry was and how bad everybody else was. So second half, 64-42. Second half only, 64-42. And as you can see there, Steph, 12 of 23, 3 of 9, 30 points. The rest of the team got 34 points. That's what I was showing that, that graphic before. 11 shots went down for the whole team outside of Steph Curry. 
Clay, three of nine, two of six. Poole, one of three. Uh, I mean, just nobody. I mean, look at Wiggins there. Two of ten, zero for two from three-point land, six points. Steph Curry carried it, man. Steph Curry carried this whole thing. As far as look at the rebounds, though. Looney in the second half, 13 rebounds, nine offensive, nine of his ten offensive rebounds were in the second half. Again, more possessions. You look at the shots, 55-46 in field goal attempts. You don't think that's a big deal. That's nine additional shots they got. The Kings only hit 15 field goals in the second half. The Warriors hit nine more field goals than what the Kings did and four more threes. That's plus 12 on threes and overall plus plus 12 points on threes, plus nine in makes, and plus nine in field goal attempts. Massive numbers. Massive numbers. And then you look at the second half. Maybe De'Aaron Fox was tired. Two and nine, one of five, eight points in the second half. They didn't play Devion Mitchell very much. They put him two, you can see that, two minutes and 45 seconds the entire second half. If I have a criticism of Mike Brown, if I'm a Kings fan, Devion Mitchell defended Steph Curry better than anybody, and you played him less than three minutes the entire second half. Meanwhile, Steph went off with 30. So maybe Steph was just so unconscious it just wasn't going to matter. And then you look at Malik Monk again. He's been a pain in the ass for the Warriors. Two of six, zero of three, five points. So they just got nothing. Either Kings ran out of gas, and which is ironic because after game six, Malik Monk was popping off and saying, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna bounce. We bounced back faster. They're getting. They're a little bit slow. We hope to do the same thing on Sunday. It's a quick bounce back. Blah 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 blah." And then he shows up in the second half with two of six, five points, scored 14 in the game. And they just seemed tired, gassed, whatever. They just they couldn't stop Curry. There was just nothing they could do. So that's your second half, 64-42. And obviously that was the difference. And you can see Looney, nine of his 10 offensive rebounds, 13 in the second half, and Curry, 30 of his 50 in the second half. So those guys were awesome. So there's your numbers by the numbers. Did I miss anything there? All right, let's go to the Lakers. And again, 120 to 100. Hit me up under the comments section, at John Lund Radio on Twitter as well if you want to talk. And thank you for listening, not only on or watching on the YouTube channel and listening uh, on the podcast. Make sure Apple, Spotify, every which favorite podcast you can subscribe there and right here on the YouTube channel. Uh, Lakers, who eliminated the Grizz four games to two on Friday night, and now they get they've gotten the rest of Saturday, they've gotten the rest on Sunday, they've gotten the rest on Monday. Meanwhile, the Warriors have to turn around, and I'll put the schedule up in just a second of this series. But they the Warriors have to turn around and play right away. In fact, let me give you the schedule of the series right there. There's the schedule of the series uh, from the for the Kings and the Lakers. So turn right around, and that's Eastern time. Sorry, I should have put that at Pacific. Uh, that's Eastern time, even though it's two game, two teams in the Pacific. they got to run in Eastern time because we don't matter. Uh, Tuesday, which is coming up uh, just a couple of days from right now, obviously 7 o'clock on TNT, then Thursday on ESPN, then Saturday. So you're it's every other day and you're not getting a lot of time off for an older team. It would have been really nice to finish them off in six, finish the Kings off in six at home, but they got blown out that night, so then they have to prep Saturday, play Sunday, get one day off, and then you got to turn it around against the Lakers. So I can see the built-in excuse now. Well, we were tired from the Kings game. Well, you created that. If you take care of business on Friday night against the Kings, then you get those days off just like the Lakers got the days off. So that excuse of being tired and this and that, like I said, I've been covering the NBA for 25 years. Jordan never said that. I covered the Jazz and the Bulls series in both years in 97 and 98 and covered the Jazz for years. Stockton Malone always played. Those guys always played. Never, not one time did I hear them ever say they were tired. Never did I ever, and I, I would I would uh, 
I would uh, interview Jerry Sloan after every job. Never, ever did I hear Jerry Sloan say, you know, we were tired. We were tired. We were tired. Never. It's just, that's a recent excuse over the last, like, five, ten years. Like, oh, our team's tired. Uh, we played it back-to-back. You got first class this, first class that, best meals, best athletes, best in shape, all these kind of things. You rest all season long, right? I mean, guys, I mean, what did LeBron play in 55 games this year? You rested. I mean, Curry was out with injuries at points this year. Draymond Green was out at points this year. Kevon Looney played in 82. He looks like the most in shape guy I know. So, look, it's going to happen if they lose. Ah, they were tired. Well, it's their own doing. So, again, that's Tuesday, quick turnaround, Thursday, quick turnaround, every other day. That's what the series looks like. Lakers and Warriors starting on Tuesday at 7 on TNT. Uh, obviously, taking on LeBron. I got, a, I got a stat for you. Here's LeBron against the Warriors. Look at that. Can you even see that? I don't know if you can. LeBron, 7-15 and 15 versus the Warriors in his playoff career, 7-15, and 15, and has lost three of four series. You like that little yellow graphic? Can't see it very well. 7-15 of 15 versus the Warriors is LeBron, and he's lost three of four series. I'm not going to talk about the one series he did win, but that's the, that's the truth. Uh, you may not know that the Warriors have home court because the Lakers are the seven. Warriors are the six. You probably did know that. So the Warriors, even though they finish in the sixth seed and don't have a great season at 44 and 38 because the Lakers <clears throat> knocked out the Grizzlies, then the Warriors get home court advantage. So that game is at Chase Center. And again, the travel down to L.A., while not as convenient as Sacramento, you don't have to leave the state again. That's the one positive is that, again, when I hear, oh, they're tired, they're tired, they're tired. Well, they went to Sacramento, <clears throat> and then they stayed home, and then they went to L.A. So they shouldn't be tired. They just they shouldn't. They get home court advantage. Quick turnaround I told you about. That's going to be in, it's going to be to the Lakers' advantage. They took their business. But if the Warriors can win game one, it's not going to matter. This is just this quick turnaround thing. Now it's every other day for everybody, but the Lakers have a bit of advantage. Because it's game one, so it won't shock me if the Lakers win this win the first game. But if the Warriors win the first game, then good to go. Uh, starts Tuesday, seven o'clock on TNT. We'll I'll do a preview video uh, on Tuesday morning, and I'll, I'll release that. And so we'll get a lot deeper into this whole thing. But just a couple of quick things to note: obviously, LeBron James. At, you know, in watching him in the Memphis series, he can still take over games. It's just not as consistent or as long as stretches. He had the one overtime game where I think he was 20 and 22, 20 points, 22 boards, or maybe that was reversed. So he can do it in spurts, had that layup that sent that game into overtime and and so forth. Um, they're much better than they were before the trade deadline. I know D'Angelo Russell wasn't a great warrior, but he fits with the Lakers. And Jared Vanderbilt fits. And there's just there's a lot of pieces that fit and Reeves and all these kind of things, all the, all the moves that they made and getting rid of Russell, Russell Westbrook, they just fit his pieces better. The one thing I would say with the Warriors is, or what the, I'm not going to say the series completely depends on, is that Anthony Davis sometimes is all world and you just can't stop him. And sometimes Anthony Davis will score four points. And which guy shows up for the Lakers on a consistent basis is how the series could go. Because as good as Kevon Looney is and as much as he dominated Sabonis in this series. We all know that Anthony Davis is a totally different deal, but it's only if Anthony Davis wants to be there. He has a, has a history of being injured. He's banged up already. So what is that battle going to look like inside with Looney versus Davis? And the issue becomes, too, is if Looney gets into foul trouble like he did once in this series, can can they survive on the court? Because let's be honest with you, outside of the 21-point game that Draymond Green had, he was 
he not great in this series. He was not great in Game Seven, and I'm not talking about a scoring standpoint. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just he just looked lost. He wasn't rebounding well. He wasn't defending well. Um, after the game, I kind of laughed because you know he was giving all these guys for the Kings all this you know raw raw stuff and hey you'll be back and all that and it was like you didn't do anything. Wasn't great in Game Seven. So Draymond Green's got to be a lot better in this series. Because I have a feeling that Kevon Looney is going to get some early foul trouble. That that if I'm the Lakers, I'm going to attack Kevon Looney. Not because I think that he's a poor defender, because he's not. He's on a roll and he's kicking ass. But for the very reason that, look, this guy played in 82 games. They needed him in game seven big time. He's come up, what is it, three 20 rebound games. It ties an all-time record in a seven-game series. I mean, he's been used. And I got to see if I can get him into early foul trouble with Anthony Davis. So that because this team doesn't have size, I mean they still they still is great series. Everything's great. You move on. This team lacks size, and the Lakers with the you know the size of LeBron James with the size of Anthony Davis, you know they've got a couple of guys that they could try to bring some size. But Davis on Looney is going to be a huge one to keep Looney out of foul trouble. Plain and simple, and you can't rely on Steph obviously to get fifty. He can do that for you every once in a while. Where it's like it's game seven, I got to do this. His usage rate can't be like this, or he's going to just pass out on the floor. I mean, that's just what it's got to be. So Wiggins, uh, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole's got to wake up, man. I don't know what it's going to take to wake him up, but somebody, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to wake up Jordan Poole. I don't know who it's got to be, but they've got to contribute a lot more. Uh, Gary Payton at times in this series looked like GP2, the guy that we knew last year, and at times just looked completely lost. So he's got to be more consistent. Wiggins has got to be more consistent. Clay's got to get back, shoot the ball. The one great thing about Clay is he's got a short memory. You know, this, this game isn't going to bother Clay. He's just gonna, it was, That was just a game. Remember that shot he hit at the end of the third quarter? Yeah, it was really good. So I'm not worried about Clay Thompson a whole lot. He has a short memory. He's just going to keep shooting. Shoot or shoot, that's what he is. He has a short memory. He'll be fine. So anyway, we'll get into a, a much deeper dive, and we'll talk more about the matchups on Tuesday. But there's just a brief one. And then Suns and Nuggets. This thing couldn't have worked out better. We were talking about this before the playoffs. This whole thing couldn't have worked out much better for the Warriors. To get the Kings in the first round, to beat the Kings in the first round, would have liked to have done it in fewer games, but okay. Regain your confidence on the road. You win your last two in Sacramento. And in a game seven, you can't imagine a more hostile crowd than that, and they get it done, or Steph gets it done, Loon gets it done. But they win as a team, lose as a team, whatever. So they won as a team, and they won that game in Sacramento. So it's just it's another feather in their cap to, to give themselves a bunch of confidence. And now with home court advantage, and this is really where they get you, it's 28 straight games with at least one win in a playoff series on the road. So let's assume they do that for a 29th time in this series against the Lakers. That means the Lakers have to come to chase and win twice. And that's unlikely to happen. Even though the Kings did it and they blew them out the last time they were there, 33-8 and in the regular season. Now I know the regular season is long gone, but uh, the Warriors do pretty well at home. And so if the Warriors can win their road game or home games, they're going to win the series anyway, but they'll probably still win in L.A., which means L.A. is going to have to win two at Chase, and I don't think they can. So I think the Warriors win this series, but it's going to be another one just like Sacramento. would not surprise me in the slightest if it was a seven-gamer. And it's awesome. With LeBron James, we did a poll on Friday on KNBR, and people got angry with us, but if the Warriors had taken care of business on Friday, then we would have had a Lakers-Warriors game one at Chase. And so we were asking you who you wanted to play, and overwhelmingly, like 75% of the vote, people wanted the Lakers, obviously. To go from a Sacramento series to an L.A. series, it's awesome. And to have LeBron James on the Lakers, and again, 7-15 and LeBron all-time against the Warriors in the playoffs, and he's lost three of four series. Now, does that mean anything right now? Probably not. But the Warriors have always had the better team. 
and despite the changes of the Lakers, the Warriors have the better team and they have home court advantage. I think they win the series. And the reason I bring up the Suns and the Nuggets is this is the side of the bracket. I don't know why the NBA doesn't reseed after every round. Every other sport does, and they should. Just because you're on a side of a bracket, you sh- you need to reseed. Now, the NCAA tournament doesn't, obviously, because there's brackets. you got to play the brackets, and they make a bunch of money. But the best team should play the worst team remaining. So, to be honest, Phoenix should play the Lakers. Or, excuse me, uh, Denver should play the Lakers, and Phoenix should play the Warriors, but that's not how it works. They're not, they don't reseed. So, you stay on one side of the bracket. So, now you got the seven-seed Lakers with home court advantage, and the Nuggets and the Suns, that's going to be a tough series. So, now, all of a sudden, you're sitting here going, those, we don't have to play the Nuggets and the Suns, or the Suns, then Nuggets, and then whoever wins the East, they get taken care of. The best two teams, I think, left the Western Conference, and the Warriors just have to beat one if they can get by the Lakers. So that's a great thing for the uh, Warriors. I don't know if that's ever going to change in the future, that reseeding, because I'd want it. Like, if you were the top seed, you'd constantly th- – you've earned that. So through the playoffs, you'd constantly want to play the worst seed. But that's not how it works. A lot of times, like, Nuggets-Suns could easily be the West final. Because I think they're the best two teams, although if the Warriors continue to play more consistent basketball, they didn't even play their best basketball in Game 7. But, I mean, you could look at them and say, look, with this talent, and if GP2 is playing where he's supposed to play and Wiggins and Clay's hitting his shot and Curry's Curry and the way Looney's playing, get Draymond back on track a little bit, then the Warriors could be the best team in the West. But they've got an advantageous road to go Sacramento, Lakers with home court, and then whoever wins out of the Nuggets and the Suns. So that's where we are. All right, there you go. That is Unleashed, various sports talk. And again, a full recap of the Warriors. 120 to 110 victory over the Kings. Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Chase Center for the Lakers. Tomorrow, Monday, I'll give you a full NFL draft recap. I was at 49ers headquarters with John and Kyle, so we'll give you the uh, recap from that on Monday. Then Tuesday, we'll do a a preview of Lakers and Warriors. Make sure you're subscribing on the YouTube channel. Search John Lund Unleashed on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Apple, Spotify, wherever it's your favorite podcast. And again, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on KNBR.com, KNBR 680, the new KNBR app in San Francisco. It's Unleashed with me, John Lund, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.